fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final What's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of RotoStreetJournal.com. We read indeed you fantasy wolves here with your week 10 waiver wire. Here are a lot of people crap on this waiver wire, and I actually think it's pretty damn solid. One guy that at the top I think is worth blowing it all for if he's somehow lingering in your leagues. A handful of receivers that I genuinely think can be wide receiver threes or better, plus a few handful of handcuffs that are looking phenomenal if anything happened in front of them, plus gaining some standalone steam too. So a lot of names out there this week for your week 10 waiver wire. Let's dig right on in, get into it so we can get to all of your questions. Get those on in now. Wolfpack Live, 7 p.m. every Tuesday. A little late today. My apologies. Busy time at school under quarter, but we are here. We're here for you to get those questions in. So please do do the call in if you want. See some questions already in there. Love it. Thanks again so much for being here. If you're already here with us, that thumbs up button does help us grow, especially early on. If you're here for those first few minutes, a quick thumbs up does help us grow. If you're catching the replay, all the better. That thumbs up button is always helpful. If you want to wait till you hear a few takes, all good by me. I don't want it to be just a random thumbs up. I want it to be earned. So please, if you like to hear some takes first, do so. And then if you like them, please do consider that thumbs up. And if you're new, as well, please do subscribe. We continue that climb to 3,000. It is awesome, Wolfpack. Thanks again for being here. Let's dive right in. And we'll get to the guy that I was just alluding to at the top, who I think is worth blowing every single cent you have of fab. That number one waiver priority, if you've been stashing it, if Jeff Wilson is out there in your league, if you're in that 47% of leagues where Jeff Wilson's available, you got to do everything it takes to go and get him. His first game. In Miami after being traded, wasted no time in telling Raheem Mostert, I'm the captain now. Playing over 50% of the snaps, more snaps than Raheem Mostert. And why wouldn't he? When he dominated the work he got, nine carries, 51 yards, compared to nine carries and just 26 yards, nearly doubling up Raheem Mostert's stat line there. Both of them scored. Wilson's coming through the air on his three catches and 21 yards. He ran more routes. He played more snaps. He had more targets. And he did far more work with his carries. And I think it's only going upwards from here. Remember, he's four years younger than Raheem Mostert. He's fresher. He looks real good, Jeff Wilson does, since returning. And don't forget, Mostert is a sports car just waiting to break down. We talked about this last week. But when Jeff Wilson, two years ago, was with the 49ers, Mike McDaniels, his old coordinator, again, reemphasizing the point that that's why he was just integrated so seamlessly and looked so damn good. From day one, this is a top five offense where he could be the featured back with or without an injury, but especially with an injury. When Mostert was removed two years ago in 2020, when Wilson was still healthy, there was five games. He had 21.6 fantasy points per game. That would have been a top two running back so far this season right now. And he doesn't even need the injury, given that when he has seen 10 plus carries, Jeff Wilson, he averages over 15 fantasy points per game. It's happened 16 times in his career conveniently a full season he's on pace for over 1200 yards 12 touchdowns 270 carries and again games where he's seen 10 plus carries so even without an injury i imagine he's going to be seeing right around that 10 plus carries a week and have that nice standalone value but if that injury happens again 21 fantasy points per game so you're looking at a high-end flex quality running back too even without an injury you're talking about a top six running back should something happen to Raheem Mostert, I love Jeff Wilson. And again, every single cent you have, number one priority. Go get this guy if he's still somehow lingering. You missed last week, or he was my number one waiver guy last week. He's back at the top. He's more rostered at this point. But definitely, if he's still somehow out there, go and get this man. An absolute monster. He's had double digits every single week but one this season when he's seen double digit carries. He's seen double digit. Um, it's just great. Go get Jeff Wilson. McCole Hardman, if you need a wide receiver, 48% rostered, my number one wide receiver of the week. And I'd be willing to bend about a third or so of my waiver wire fab. And yes, that signals that I do not find this a fluke. Sure, Kadarius Tony's going to continue to get worked in this offense and take some of the snaps 
take some of the targets. It is an up and down receiving core. So you'd think, listen to this stat. Over the last four weeks, since week five, the top nine wide receivers in fantasy football points per game. Jamar Chase at the top, 25.7. Tyree Kill, 23.1. Cooper Cup, 23.1. Stephon Diggs, 23. DeAndre Hopkins, 22.6. Justin Jefferson, 22.1. Devontae Adams, 20.7. A.J. Brown, 19.9. That's your top eight. No shock there, right? What, why are you rambling these names? Well, you probably know where this is leading. Number nine in fantasy points per game across that stretch is McCole Hardman with 18.3 fantasy points. He added on to his impressive totals with six catches on nine targets. The nine targets is really the big thing here, how heavily he was involved. 79 yards in a score. This is a week after having multiple touchdowns uh, through the air as well. He's gone 28 and 19.9 fantasy points, both good for top 10 status wide receiver three and wide receiver seven over those two games. But he's also been a top 36 wide receiver, 32 wide receiver, 32 and wide receiver, 29 with 12 and 13.2 in the weeks before. Seeing five, four, four and nine targets, just making the most of his opportunities, looking damn explosive, going in the backfield as well, moving all over the place. And again, I know Kadarius Tony, he'll probably eat into that workload, but man, He's just performing right now, McCole Hardman. It seems like he clearly has Patrick Mahomes' trust. Remember, Mahomes raved about how well McCole Hardman could fit into this offense and be that guy that takes a lot of the load that was for, um, but given up by Tyreek Hill leaving. So keep that in mind. McCole Hardman been dominating lately. And if he's still somehow lingering in your leagues, I think he's a quality, quality wide receiver for three. I mean, even a wide receiver two low end, especially during these bye week crunches. Go look for McCole Harbin worth at least a third or so of your fab. Moving to number three, I have to mention him. It's the waiver wire show, and he's still not over 50%. That's Rashad White. What's new this week? The fact that Lenny Fournette is seemingly crumbling over there with the Bucks. Nine carries and 19 yards for Lenny Fournette. Yes, he did have the five catches, the 41 yards. That's why he's still semi getting it done. But Rashad White has been so involved lately that Fournette is, quote, extremely frustrated with his role. Don't forget, he had two great seasons with the Jags, and then he talked his way out of town because he was frustrated. Feed me the ball more. He's a diva behind the backfield. And yes, he deserves the rock. He's been solid. But lately, he's been kind of crap, at least on the ground. Rashad White, meanwhile, wasn't anything special himself. Eight carries, 27 yards, three catches for seven yards. But the key is, again, right around that 40% snaps, right around eight to that was a season high, 11 touches this last week. The role continues to climb, which has the athletics. Greg Amon speculating momentum will likely be with Rashad White when the season ends in the Tampa Bay backfield. I mean, this is an offense that loves, you know, Tom Brady in his history, peppering the running backs. And we still even if nothing happens to Fournette. This is like what we're talking about right now, that Fournette's staying on the field. He might take over that backfield anyways. But don't forget that Leonard Fournette's missed time in every single professional season. He's missed three-plus games in four of five. So there's a chance that he just removes himself because of his typical injury history. But if that doesn't happen, Rashad White is still starting to build that claim steadily and Lenny Fournette's crumbling, which could mean the team gets sick of him, benches him, and just starts to ride Rashad White. And we got about 20 of you here. That thumbs up button does help us out so much. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please do consider hitting that button for us. Wouldn't beg for it if it wasn't so helpful. Moving on to a tight end that I think can be a legitimate tight end one the rest of the season for many reasons. Greg Dolchik's 34% rostered. That's fewer than what he was at last week probably because they had the bye week. A lot of owners might not recognize just how damn good Greg Dolchitz has been. In fact, through his first three career games, only Aaron Hernandez and Randy McMichael have more yards than Greg Dolchitz through three games. He has been a top 12 tight end every single game of his career so far as a rookie. And we know how hard it is for tight ends to translate as rookies. And he is just walking right in to 12.4, 11.1, and 12.7 fantasy points through his first three games. We've seen the snaps go up by the week, most encouragingly. His last time on the field, 81.7%. He had a 75.8% route rate 
as well with those five targets, four catches, and 87 yards. He legitimately took over that drive. And what's really encouraging is the 114 air yards that last time out. It's not just dink and dunk and little design screens. He's going deep down the seams, and that's what he was hyped up about when he was coming out of UCLA there. So I'm there. Indeed, I would bid, if you need a tight end, and who doesn't need a tight end? A quarter of my budget here, 20 to 25% to get Craig Dolchich plus that hair. I mean, come on. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful stuff here. And even better, five of his next eight matchups come against bottom 10 defenses versus the tight end, including two in the fantasy playoffs. So it's not going to stop. He walks right into a top six matchup versus Tennessee this week. Cake schedule, beautiful stuff here for Greg Dolchich down the stretch. Now this one's pure speculation and definitely more for the Owners out there that are sitting at like eight and one, I mean, some of you're nine and oh, up at the top of your leagues, you might have a little bit of a leash or deeper benches. Odell Beckham needs to be stashed immediately. 24% rostered. I think he is going to walk in and be a huge difference maker for your fantasy playoffs. Now, of course, you need to get there. So if you can't afford the bench space for him, I understand that. I have some receivers a little bit later that I'm more than happy to recommend over Odell if you need an immediate plug and play. But if you can be patient, I don't know that anybody on the waiver wire will drip with the upside of Odell Beckham. Jay Glazer reporting he will be ready and cleared by the end of this week. And he's firmly on the Cowboys radar, according to Ian Rappaport, but also mentioned are the Bills, the Rams, the 49ers, all great offenses. Hopefully the Green Bay Packers, who were desperately trading for wide receivers during the trade deadline, they tried so hard but just couldn't. We get that report every year, right? Well, here you go. Here's a complete and utter number one receiver. Although who knows if Odell would even want to go there. But let's just not forget how damn good this guy was. Dominant during the playoffs, but even before then, once he got traded to the Rams, he caught a touchdown in all but one game. 19, 10.8, 19.7, 1.7, that one dud, yeah, it sucked. 13.7, 16.9 were his game logs with the Rams. He was a wide receiver one in two of his five weeks, at top 24 in three of them, and he still had 10 or more points in all but one week given that touchdown scoring. So he was looking damn good. He just seems like one of the type of guys that – there's a next level of athlete that just can keep coming back. Last time he came back from the ACL, didn't look any worse for the wear. It is the second tear. Who knows? Again, pure speculation, but we know how elite Odell can be. He's been speculated to be interested with very good offenses that clearly need wide receiver twos. I wouldn't be shocked at all for him to be a top 24 wide receiver for those last three weeks or so, just like he was last year. From the time he was at the Rams, he was a top 20 guy. Wouldn't be shocked at all to see that continue in 2022. At number six, we're talking about potential stretch run difference makers. Alex Madison, 44% rostered. Apparently people have forgotten just how valuable of a handcuff this guy is. He should be rostered universally, knowing that Dalvin Cook has never made it through a full season. He's missed two plus games in every year and dating back just to last year. Four games missed for Dalvin Cook in those four games. Alexander Madison averaged 22.2 fantasy points per game would have been the running back two with those totals. He was a top 10 running back with over 20 points in three of his four starts last year. Yes, it's a different offense, but I don't care. Madison has looked great every time he's been in there. And so if something happens to Dalvin Cook, you have yourself an immediate plug and play running back one and top five running back at that. So whatever it takes, go get Alexander Madison if you're sitting out here looking for your handcuffs. Now, Wolfpack, I have one more handcuff to go over, and that is Jalen Warren. Now, who knows if it will even be a handcuff. Lots of speculation going on right now. Andrew Filipino of, I don't even know, Pony Express is his Twitter handle, Pittsburgh beat writer. He speculates that Tomlin is benching Najee. He expects Jalen Warren to be the workhorse on Sunday, and he gives Tomlin credit for doing so. Now, I don't expect that. I feel like this is just kind of speculation on this man's part. And it probably will not happen. The fact that it's even a slim possibility, though, that has to pique your interest. Never mind that Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, a much more credible source at least, says don't be surprised if Warren is featured more after the week nine bye. So clearly there's just some chatter coming out of the organization that they want to elevate Jalen Warren's role regardless. And why wouldn't they? His last time out, he put up 75 yards on nine touches, a season high for both. 
He had 50 yards on his six attempts compared to 32 yards on eight attempts for Najee Harris, outgaining him on the ground on fewer attempts, also outgaining him through the air with 25 yards on three catches to compare to the 26 yards on six catches that Najee Harris had. So far more efficient with his work, Jalen Warren has been. That's been the trend all season. Najee looks like he's running in mud. It does seem like after playing the most snaps of the season last week, starting to trend to that 60-40 split anyways, what if it flips in his favor? What if something happens to Najee and they shut him down because of how shitty this season's going anyways? We could have a workhorse back, folks. We know that's the Tomlin way. So do check out Jalen Warren, handcuffed with extreme benefits that you definitely want to have on your radar. Now, before we get through the rest of my top 10 pickups, the defensive streamers that you guys crave, I do want to pump a new and up-and-coming app, a couple Massachusetts boys, and I really, really like what this is. It's different than anything I've seen out there. It's called Betel, B-E-T-T-L-E. I am highly, highly encouraging every single one of you guys to check this out. It's in its very early phases, but still so much fun. And they're trying to get some people on there to play around, send them feedback. I think it's phenomenal. You think your team, you know, a ton of you guys keep writing into me, right? Let's get in a league together. I want to face the wolf. This is a way to do it without having to manage yet another league. We can face each other weekly. We can put bets on it. It can be for pride, whatever it might be. Check this app out. The link is in the description here. That's the way you get right to challenging me. How it works is you download the app. I've already done it. It syncs right to your Yahoo, ESPN, Sleeper, wherever you play. You upload your lineup. You get a free $25 if you sign up through our link or just download the app. It will be right in there for you because they want, again, get users in there. And it is so fun. You swipe and matchups. You see other lineups you want to challenge. You decide how much you want to wager. And again, Challenge me. That's the only person you want to challenge. That's fine. You'll have 25 bucks in there. Choose how much you want to wager. I'm in. Let's go, Davey Prosciutto. Let's go, Toons. All you guys out there, all my super fans chatting in. You guys are the best. I know a lot of you want to take your stabs at the wolf here. Maybe you hate me and you want to face me. I don't care what your logic is. Check it out, though. Betel is the app. Betel.co is the website, but the link to challenge me will be in the description, or you can find me at Roto Street Wolf. Shoot me a quick DM, and I'm more than happy to play. Free $25 again if you sign up. Uh, choose your competition, set the odds, and let's go. Check out Betel today. Let me know if you download it too, because those guys are awesome. I'm really hoping to help them grow this app. It's so much fun. So check them out again, Betel, with a link in the description. Check it out, Wolfpack. All righty, moving back. To our top 10 waiver wire pickups. I've talked about this guy multiple weeks in a row. Almost like Rashad White at this point. Donovan Peoples-Jones at number eight on this week's pickup list. 22% rostered. A lot of people overlooked him because they were on by last week, the Browns. And that's going to be a mistake. Go out and get him ASAP. He's put up 11 plus fantasy points and 70 plus yards in four of his last five games. He has not dipped below nine fantasy points in that span. And that's half PPR. This guy is getting it done with a nice, safe, high floor. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he still hasn't had that massive ceiling blow-up, but a nice 9 through 12 points. Again, through four straight weeks, he's on the field for 79 or more percent of the snaps in every single game. More often, it's 85% or more, 90% in all, but three games it's looking like. This is beautiful. He's getting it done right now in a Brissett-led offense. Now, don't forget that in the preseason, the hype was pouring in from the organization about how Donovan Peoples-Jones and Deshaun Watson were you know, linked up, synced up as if they had you know, brain connection, telepathy. They were talking about how he was the go-to guy, DPJ was, for Watson. Watson has always been among PFF's top-graded deep passers any given season. So he's already got this nice stable floor baked in, but we could be talking about a true league-winning wide receiver. I mean, he's got multiple 25-plus fantasy point days in his past, and that's playing with Baker Mayfield. So if he can do that with Baker, if he can just tilt an entire matchup, and he's already got a nice floor baked in, imagine what he can do in Week 13 and beyond once we get Deshaun Watson. So you got some usability now, some huge upside later that he can continue to gain value with. I don't see what's not to love about DPJ. I don't know why he's not higher rostered, but pray upon that. Go get this guy ASAP. And then two more receivers that I really love this week. One is Terrace Marshall, 6% rostered, so probably out there in your league. He has now officially become an every-down receiver since Robbie Anderson departed. His route participation, according to Dwayne McFarland, 
96, 95, and 97%. Target share, 14, 26, and 20%. Beautiful stuff there, especially over these last two weeks for Terrace Marshall, where he has been feasting since CMC got traded. Nine targets, four receptions, 87 yards. That's 12.7 PPR points. The wide receiver, 30. Six targets, three catches, 53 yards. And then his first NFL touchdown, 14.3, a top 20 wide receiver. Wide receiver 19 with that output. Great stuff coming right now from Terrace Marshall. And don't forget that this guy has a lovely top 10 schedule for wide receivers, including two. He's got five of his next nine matchups come against bottom five defenses. Five of them. Bottom five defenses against wide receivers. Two of those matchups are weeks 15 and 16, the kickoffs to your fantasy playoffs. If he continues to ascend, he might be one of those guys in every single lineup for your fantasy playoffs because the matchups will be good. He's a good talent that just really couldn't figure it out last year as a rookie, but maybe, just maybe, he's finally piecing it together. I really, really like Terrace Marshall. Last receiver that I want to mention is Michael Gallup. It's been a real disappointing season. Maybe I'm just take locked into thinking this guy is better than he is. Maybe he just is not going to be fully healthy at all this year. I still believe in the Gallup that I know and love. 2019, when he was the wide receiver too, was the wide receiver 18 in fantasy. This is a different offense. It's run heavier. It's slower paced. I'm not expecting a return to those Dak Kellen Moore days of the number one scoring offense, the number two in passing yards in every single season they've been together. I wish it'd be lovely for fantasy. Probably not going to happen with the defense and running game playing so well. Still, though, it is wide open for targets behind C.D. Lamb, and I think his role will continue to grow. We saw it last week where they started to really force feed him. 48 yards, four catches, six targets, all in the first half. Then they kind of just bled the clock. They got up so big against Chicago. Didn't need to continue to throw it. And he kind of fizzled out the last time out. That was, again, after their bye. But Gallup got dropped by a ton of owners out there because of how underwhelming he's been. I am still buying this guy as a phenomenal talent. Remember, and probably a mistake on their part, but the Cowboys did choose Michael Gallup long-term over Amari Cooper. I think it was a boneheaded decision then. I still think it's a dumb decision. But they clearly love the guy. They loved what he's been doing in the past. So unless they sign OBJ, they're very much rumored to be interested in one of the most connected teams. But if they do not sign him, I really think a stretch run upside for Michael Gallup to be a quality wide receiver three or more down your stretch runs. I do want to toss out a handful of honorable mentions before we get to your defensive streamers. And again, we got over 30 of you here. So greatly appreciate you getting your Tuesday insight here with me. I'm going to get to all those questions. Keep filling up that mailbag, Wolfpack. But if you don't mind, that thumbs up button does help us out so greatly. And if you're new here, your first timer, please do consider subscribing, helping us continue to grow as we approach that 3K. It would be awesome if you could be a big part of that. If you like what you're hearing, we're live four times a week. Tuesday, Thursday, and twice on Sunday to get all your fantasy football needs taken care of. So please do consider joining us here. And all our content can be found at rotostreetjournal.com. My rankings, articles, all that good stuff. Let's dive into these honorable mentions, though. Deshaun Watson. It's time, folks. If you have not picked him up to stash, now is the time. He has finished as the QB6, 23.1, QB2, 21.4, QB5, 20.7, and QB1, 24.1, through his four career seasons. Those are points per game, of course, what I was referencing. Monster, again, over 20 points in every single season of his career in points per game. Top six or above every single season of his career. He's coming back in week 13 against his Texans, and his playoff schedule is two Beautiful matchups in one meh matchup, like not even a bad, scary one. Once against Baltimore, a horrendous pass defense. Once against Washington, even worse of a pass defense. This guy could be a stretch run hero for you folks. Granted, my whole game plan was I'm going to have Justin Fields be my bridge to Deshaun Watson. I don't need to really go to Watson at this point. I don't think Justin Fields is looking like a complete and utter league winner. Remember, we talked about him for three straight weeks on this show. Hopefully by now you have him. He's my guy. I am so pumped with what I saw. But if you missed out on him and you have some QB woes and you can wait it out till you know, you obviously have to stream Goff or whoever it might take to get there. But by week 13, I'm telling you, Deshaun Watson could be winning leagues. Other honorable mentions, Chuba Hubbard. He was inactive this last week with the ankle injury, but seems like he's close to returning. 
He's only rostered in 34% of leagues. Remember, he was playing ahead of Dante Foreman, had over 60% of the snaps and carries, also most of the passing down work. And that's the big thing. We saw Dante Foreman get completely and utterly game flowed, had a 31-point day two weeks ago. And then when the Panthers got down huge early, which I think is the more likely scenario than them getting up big and pounding the rock with Foreman, they completely took him out there. It was Blackshear, whoever their third down back is. I think a creature named Brown was sneaking in there for some snaps. Yeah, Spencer Brown. Ugh. Those snaps will go to Chuba Hubbard when he returns. So less susceptible to the game flow. Already was their preferred starter on the team. I do think Foreman will probably be the early down lead here. But Chuba Hubbard, any running back that's going to see meaningful work, has a place on fantasy rosters. So check him out if you're looking for a stream against Atlanta this week. It's early as this week, and a lot of people are desperate for running backs. He could be a great one. If you're desperate for a tight end, I got two for you here. Kate Otten would be my preferred one. Had five catches on six targets, 68 yards, and that game-winning score for Tom Brady. Just again emphasizing how much Brady trusts this rookie tight end when the situation gets tight. And in Munich, Germany, Kate Otten gets the best tight end matchup you could possibly ask for. The Seattle Seahawks giving up the most fantasy points to the tight end position. I think he is in a great streaming spot. He'll be among my top 12 tight ends this week. And he's out there in all but like 90% yeah, 90% of leagues. He is out there for you. Noah Fant also out there in 90% of leagues. He's looking every bit as freakishly athletic as we know he is. But the big thing is he's starting to get used more with six plus targets. In two of his last three weeks this week, he goes five for 96. A huge chunk of that came on a 51-yard gain down the sideline. But that's what he does. He is so fast. He's a freak for his size. After the catch, he was just zigging and zagging through that uh, that defense, looking phenomenal here. So, yes, it's a low-end play. We're giving you a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett on the other side. Big mouths to feed around him. But I do think Noah Fant and his athleticism could start to shine. And the last guy I wanted to mention was Isaiah Spiller. We talked about handcuffs and handcuffs upside. He played more snaps this week than Sony Michelle. It seems like he has clearly taken over the number two role here with the Chargers. And God forbid anything happens to Eckler. I'm praying it never does. And Eckler in so many leagues right now, and he is a godsend. I absolutely love him. But if it does, don't forget last year, we saw Justin Jackson in your fantasy playoffs go off for over 30 fantasy points. Is Spiller as good as Justin Jackson? I don't know. The team felt comfortable releasing Justin Jackson after they drafted Isaiah Spiller here. So at least they had that opinion of him. Who knows if he's earned that reputation that it took him so long to get to the field here. But he is here. He is now the clear number two with Joshua Kelly on the IR for the foreseeable future. Sony looks like shit every time he's in. Spiller has a little bit of juice. Hasn't been anything sexy. But any volume in this offense is worth noting. And he is the clear guy right now behind Austin Eckler. So if anything happens... Hope to God not. If anything happens, Isaiah Spiller could be a sneaky handcuff for you guys out there. Alrighty, folks. What a lot of you might be here for, what a lot of you might be waiting for is your defensive streamers for week 10. We've been on fire with these defensive streamers, so I can't wait to help crush it yet again. I think this week 10, I've got five defenses in my top 12. Four of them are in my top six that are out there in well above 50% of leagues. So let's dive into what those defenses are and why I love them so much. At the top, which might come as a shock, the lowest scoring defensive unit since week two is the Steelers. Yet they are my number one pickup for the week. Why? Well, I'll tell you. They are at home for the first time in over a month. Alpha by, so fresh, rested, getting in front of their home crowd, already going to be jacked up, right? But what could be more exciting than welcoming them back maybe the most disruptive defensive force in the league, T.J. Watt returning. The only game they've had T.J. Watt for this year, they put up 25 fantasy points. They allowed 20 points to the Bengals with seven sacks, four interceptions, one fumble recovery, and a defensive touchdown that game. And it seemed like Watt was involved in legitimately every single one. Early favorites for the defensive player of the year until he um, unfortunately got hurt and went down. But he's returning, and now they're walking into a beautiful home matchup. Again, the first home game in a month against the Saints, who we just saw uh, get destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens. Only 13 points, uh, giving up four sacks, an interception. Could have almost had a touchdown there for the Ravens as well. So I am a big, big fan here 
of the Steelers. I don't hate the Saints on the other side of the ball there, facing Kenny Pickett, who is living up to his name, picking it, throwing a bunch of interceptions since he's taken over. I love fantasy-wise for his receivers, his willingness to sling, but that man is not protecting the rock by any stretch of the imagination. Their defensive line, yes, I know the Saints looked pretty rough there against Baltimore in prime time, but this is a defense that has a solid defensive front. Hopefully that secondary can get back healthy, and even if not, Pickett is trash. The Steelers' offense has given up the fourth most points to fantasy defenses. They're sack-prone with that line awful. They're turnover-prone with Pickett just hurling that rock around, so I think the Saints are in a good spot to rebound after a lackluster week this last one. Now, if you miss out on either of those two teams, and honestly, maybe above at least the Saints here, and probably the safest, I'll say this, this is the safest streamer of the week, is the Seattle Seahawks facing Tom Brady and the Bucks in Germany, only 29% rostered. They have put up 17, 7, 13, and 8 fantasy point games across their last four weeks. They're allowing only 16.5 points per game after a abysmal start to the year where they were bottom two in the league and like points allowed and passing yards. And they were just a laughing stock of a defense that continued to win, but they were horrendous on defense. They have completely clamped down. The rookies are really finding their place. Pete Carroll is doing a masterful job. You got to tip your hat to the guy. Definitely a coach of the year consideration here. Uh, but over that span, again, 17, 7, 13, and 8, they are the second best scoring defense for fantasy purposes behind only the Patriots, who are really riding the back of that huge game against the Colts, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, it's working. Whatever's happening. The Bucks are been okay, but this is not the crazy fade, any defense fade in this team type of offense we've seen for the last couple of years. Eight fewest points allowed, but still, this is just a defense that's good enough to get it done no matter who they're facing. Their defense can generate a lot of pressure as that terrible interior protection for Tom Brady, which is what he struggles the most. I really like the Seattle Seahawks just in general, but including this week. If you're playing the matchups, though, you may want to look at the Titans defense, my sixth-ranked defense, 24% rostered right now. They've been pretty damn good anyways, not even factoring the matchup. They just held the Chiefs to 20 points making it five straight weeks where they've held teams to 20 or fewer points. They're top 12 in six of their eight games so far this year, so they've been a very solid defense. You know Vrabel always gets his boys going. They have three-plus sacks in six of those games. They have at least one interception all but one game so far this year. They've been damn solid, and now they're facing Denver, the lowest-scoring offense in the entire NFL, 14.9 points allowed, points per game. They're giving up three sacks per game, which, again, Titans are averaging three sacks a game. Do the math, low point total, the lowest of the week, in fact. And you got a recipe for turnovers, sacks, and very few points scored against them. Titans are a nice, safe, high floor with a high ceiling play, too, on defense. Now, if you want boom bust, I got two for you here. And then we'll move on to all of your questions, Wolfpack. The Cardinals, my seventh-ranked defense. How, Wolf, can you have a defense that has surrendered the second most yards per game, 368.9, the second most points, 26.8? How are they recommended? Because they are one of the most opportunistic defenses out there. They have scored the most TDs by a defense on the season with five so far this year. They're putting up numbers on the back of that. And, yes, it's scary. It's risky. If they didn't have these touchdowns, they'd be borderline useless. But they do have the touchdowns and no defense – or no offense, rather, has surrendered more defense, uh, defensive touchdowns than the Rams. So you have the highest scoring unit defensive defensive touchdown-wise, the team giving up the most defensive uh, offensive touchdowns to defenses right now with Matthew Stafford just chucking up prayers, getting sacked at will. I think this team matches up perfectly, the Cardinals, to have yet another big day against the team giving up the most points to defenses on the year. I can't believe that's the Rams, but it is. And the last... But not least is the Raiders, 16% rostered right now. They're not good. Not a good unit. But they've had two good matchups all year, and they put up double-digit fantasy points in both of them. So when you when you're expecting them to deliver, they tend to do so. And we've only expected it twice. They did so. Why would we expect them this week? Because they're facing the Colts, led by Sam Ellinger, who's already been confirmed as the starter. They are 0-2 right now, the Colts. In Sam Ellinger starts, they're averaging 9.5 points per game. They've allowed 11 sacks, including 
nine sacks last week. And if there's one thing that the Raiders defense really does well, it's sacks. Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, like this is a team that can get after the passer. And just to put a cherry on top, Jeff Saturday's coming in as the head coach this week. He was three and seven as a high school coach. How he got this job, that's a conversation for another day. But my God, this is going to be a dumpster fire, in my opinion. They just named some 30-year-old Nimrod, who was the passing game coordinator, the quarterback coach for this team that has had maybe the worst quarterback play we've seen in years has been named their offensive coordinator and their play caller. Have we seen this passing game? Sam Ellinger is atrocious. Matthew Stafford led the NFL in turnovers when he was out under center. Nobody's been good here. So good coaching job. What a guy to be calling your plays. So I think the Raiders could definitely tee off on the Colts this week. So that gives you, as you can tell, you know, I'll, I'll rank them for you because it is five really good options. Five, All five of these teams are in my top 12. If I was prioritizing them, I would go. This is one why I wouldn't blow a ton of fab to get a defense. I know some people have been bidding like five, six bucks. No, you'll get one of these defenses for free or at most a dollar. I would probably rank them. I just feel like the Steelers are going to come out real hot. So I have them the highest, followed by Seattle, then the Saints, then the Cardinals, and then the Raiders. The more I just talked about the Raiders, I was like, yeah, maybe I want to bump those guys up. So let me know who you're considering here. Um, I really, really like all these teams. And a lot of the streaming defenses from the last few weeks are in really tough matchups or bye weeks this week. So you got yourself a plethora of options. Let me know who you guys are thinking. Let's get now to all of your questions in the. Mailbag. Look at that production quality, folks. Let's get on into it, Wolfpack. One more plea for that thumbs up button. And one more plea again to check out an awesome new app, Battle. Free $25 to play. Click that link. You get a challenge directly to me. I'd love to square off with a bunch of your Wolfpack. Let's do it. Check out Battle. And again, check out that thumbs up button or that sub button, especially if you're new here. Let's get to those questions for you. CJ, kicking it off. This, uh, the Roto Street CJ or somebody pretending to be him so they know they get their question answered. Either way, welcome to the show. Now, you're too polite to be the uh, Roto Street CJ here. Pick one fantasy D for rest of season. See, that I cannot answer. I do not know defensive schedules for the rest of year well enough to be like, this is the one you roll out here. Uh-huh. I go week to week with defenses until I get to the playoffs, and then I'll typically stash two defenses at looking at the weeks 15 through 17 matchups. I'll have two defenses that I I like to alternate between. So honestly, I have no idea, CJ. You can let me know if you've been looking at the matchups and see a schedule. I will say this. One schedule that really popped to me was the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, They're on bye this week. So you'll obviously need, with all these streaming options, you have definitely a bridge here. You'd have to cut somebody on your bench to roster two defenses. Never really liked doing that. But I do remember seeing the Raiders, the Ravens schedule rather, was tasty. Uh, So I like them a lot. I would say of all these teams, like the defense I just think is the best overall unit is the Seahawks. I don't know anything about their schedule, but I just have the most faith in them just being a low, keeping offenses kind of cramped down here. So I'm, uh, yeah, I, I gut says, and the Broncos too, they have a lot of defensive talent as well, but I know they got the Chiefs in the fantasy playoffs twice. So I, you know, as much as I like them, to me, I just, my gut's kind of saying Seahawks. But I never just have a defense locked in for the rest of the year. Even when I have like the number one defenses, I, I always play matchups. So I, I would keep streaming, my man. Tian Nguyen, welcome back to the show. Always good to see you. Bench D Swift for Jeff Wilson. I would. Absolutely, I would. Unless we get Swift is fully ready to be unleashed this week. Yes, I would be, I would be uh, swapping in Jeff Wilson. I think we're in for another 15-ish carries for Jeff. Look damn solid. Not a bad matchup for the guy. I'm in. I'm, I'm all in on Jeff Wilson as my flex for the rest of the year. Picked up Rashad White. Uh, pick up Rashad White and drop Deion Jackson or keep him. It's a tough one, Bulldog. I, I'm i pretty worried Deion Jackson's kind of useless, at least in the current state of the Colts. When Matt Ryan was there and they were peppering him 10 times a game, I mean, that's what we all saw and loved and were hoping for. Unfortunately, we've seen Sam Ellinger target running backs what, like three times his first game, I think four Last time, oh, he doesn't like to throw the backs, apparently. Either way, they're just so dysfunctional that the scoring is going to be very, very limited. So unless you, like, just need volume for your lineup, and even then it's, like, such gross volume, yeah, 
I would drop Deion Jackson for him. Yes. My man, Ben, what's going on? <laughs> Everybody can thank Ben. If you have Joe Mixon out there, just give Ben a quick clap because he traded him away and Mixon decided to finally show up. Oh, and it was on you too. <laughs> Even worse. That's the absolute worst is when you either drop or especially trade a guy and he just whips it out against you. So again, everybody out there, whether you're on DraftKings or have him in your season log, Ben did you a real solid by letting Joe just batter him. I'm cutting the win anyways. Nice. Fields. We talked about Fields all the time. And so this is – I didn't even think Fields would be out there in leagues. I actually just looked because Ben's question. It's only 68% roster. There's a chance Fields is still lingering somehow out there in some leagues. I would bid every single cent, Ben. Unless you have a quarter – you have Burrow – I'd rather have Fields the rest of the season. I really would. In fact, there's only three quarterbacks that I can confidently say I want more than Fields right now. Four. I'll, I'll put Lamar Jackson in there too. But Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen, if Josh Allen's even healthy at this point. And then, yeah, Lamar Jackson too. I'd rather have Fields than Burrow. 178 rush yards, the record for a quarterback. Are you kidding me? They're finally committing this offense into what the Ravens have always done. Even said they studied the Ravens' playbook. And – Fields is a just as nice of a runner, maybe not quite as shifty and nimble, but he's a big boy and he has great speed for his size. He's looking good as a passer too. So I'm there, Ben. I am 100%. I'm down to blow. Whether that's just because you have a good backup, whether you are preventing your opponents from getting him, blow it all is how I say. <laughs> a CJ imposter above. <laughs> I love you. <ya. laughs> CJ calling it out as well. Like I said, the other guy was way too polite to be the real CJ uh, for sure. Who do eight? Don't know how to answer that one. I uh, also get a follow-up though. So I'll get there eventually. See Woodsy. Andres, I was offered Debo for Miles Sanders, half PPR. Corner trade chart should be a no-brainer, but with Mitchell activated in CMC, I'm skeptical. It's a good one. And so yeah, I would always check in. The trade chart is actually made by our guy Jackson, one of the smart, he's smarter than me, 110%. He's a financial wizard, like does accounting for huge business. I mean, the guy's a genius. So he makes the trade value chart. His name's RSJ underscore Jackson on Twitter. He welcomes DMs, wants fall, you know, he'll interact with you 110%. So I would ask him how he shaped this up. I personally prefer Debo, but I'm with you in terms of like CMC. He's not going to get any more carries, Debo. With Mitchell and CMC are there, you can wipe that out. And that takes off a huge chunk. So to me, Debo is more of like a high-end wide receiver too, just because of how damn talented he is. Now he's back and healthy, like He's still just a receiver can get it done, but we've, we've trimmed the ceiling a little bit and the floor a little bit by taking away probably all of his rushing at this point, maybe two carries a game, but no more of those six to 10 carry days. Still though, I think he's so damn good as a receiver, like as good as Sanders has played, it's just like Jalen hurts any given week could score those two touchdowns. And then he's, you know, 50 to 60 yard guy. I'd rather have Debo in my rest of the season, big board. So if you want my personal ranking, Andres, like the trade value chart, Compare it with my rest of the season big board. I don't know off the top of my head who I have, like how, what the gap is, but I'd like to think I have Debo like a decent amount ahead. Um, it's close though. I mean, it is. Miles Sanders is a running back one in a good offense. They might get Gainwell more involved, though. You know how committee like they are. So personally, yes, I do Debo for Sanders, especially if you have the running back depth to uh, cover it. Who do I bench out of Najee Sutton or Josh Palmer? And Palmer, as long as Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams are out, and Mike Williams is definitely out, who knows with Keenan. Oh, Najee and Sutton, two real underperformers here. I, with all these reports about Jalen Warren maybe taking over the backfield in a rough matchup against the Saints, I think I benched Najee. Sutton, I think, rebounds here. Titans giving up a ton of points to wide receivers. So I'm going to go Palmer and Sutton as of right now, see Woodsies. Playing a two-flex league, so Sanders is on every game. Yeah, he is. I think Debo would obviously be an every game starter there for you. We keep him in Kadarius or drop for a waiver pickup. So Kadarius 909 orbits does have some upside. Like it's still an explosive player. I don't think based on his first game with the team, that should be our basis for dropping him. I do think I'd rather have McCole Hardman, even though, you know, similar roles and Tony has way more hype. Hardman just getting it done. I'd rather have Odell Beckham probably depending on where you stand, like do you need to use now or do you have some playoff upside? But I still like keeping Tony. Like, you know, give me Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, Dolchik's Hardman. Probably if you look at those like top 10 I went through, 
Tony would slide around number right around Odell, five, six Madison range, above Gallup, above Peoples Jones. That's kind of where I'd have him slide in. So yeah, I, I mean, definitely worth keeping depending on who's out there. Would you drop Sutton for either McCole Hardman or Rondale Moore or just hold Sutton? I would, I'd keep Sutton. The schedule gets real nice down the stretch for all the pass catchers there. What if they finally click and get it going? It seems like Russ was starting to sling it deep a little more often the last couple of weeks, even though he still sucks ass. Definitely not Rondell Moore. What I'm considering is like, does Hardman keep this going? To me, though, I I, I can't drop Sutton from McColl. I can't. Just because Tony might take that role over too. I think I hold Sutton here. It's, it's not impossible, though. Honestly, trust your gut here, Robert, but I'm holding Sutton personally there. And I can't drop Pickens with the, you know, Claypool gone. Devonta Smith is tough to drop too. Even though I think I'd rather have Sutton over either of those guys too. But yeah, I'm keeping it up. And no, you're not, you're not dro- uh, dropping on Monra. No way. My RBs are my man, Denny Jennings, Mixon, CPAC, Carter, Algier, Rashad White, and Kyron Williams. Yeah, you pick up Wilson. Kyron Williams. Denny, did you not tune in? You're here every week. I told everybody last week, enough Kyron Williams. Get yourself Jeff Wilson, 110%. Why? I don't care that you have Tyreek into it. What better offense to be all in on than the Dolphins right now? It's so highly concentrated to those two pass catchers, and the run game is so damn productive because Mike McDaniel is a run game genius. Oh, yeah, 110%. You could drop any of these running backs other than CPAT and Mixon for Jeff Wilson. I have Jeff Wilson above every single one of them, but especially Kyron Williams. Now that Akers is back, and it's a – it's just already been such a hideous game. I don't really expect Kyron to be anything. Oh, yeah. I wish he had dropped him last week, Kyron Williams, for Jeff Wilson. But hopefully he can still pull it off this week for sure. Well, bet we got 40 of you here. Love it. Awesome. But please do consider that thumbs up button. If you enjoy what you're hearing, if you like these questions being answered, please do hit the thumbs up button and do consider subscribing as well to help us continue to grow that pack. It is so awesome, though. To have 40 a year on a Tuesday. Love to see it. Thank you again so much for spending your time. Let's keep on rolling. But dude, thumbs up. So appreciated. Thank you guys. Daniel Hallen, sitting on my waivers. Dolchik, Schultz, Komet. It's definitely not Komet. I know he had those two touchdowns. He got three touchdowns in two weeks, and I just still don't really buy it. Dolchik and Schultz is real close. Some just tell me Dolchik, though. He's looking good. The schedule is cake. Like, Schultz has kind of been banged up and not looking quite like himself all year. Got into my head. I think I'm picking the flow. I'm going Greggy. Let's go Dolchik, baby. Bunch. Bench one. Godwin, Debo, Olave. Tien, I don't have the matchups right off the top of my head right now. I know I already did my rankings, but I think I'm benching Godwin. I think I'm benching Godwin there. We got a call in, folks. What do you got here? <laughs> Tunes, what's going on, brother? How are we? Good. I, I told you I was going to come on with a deer head earlier this week, but uh, the baby was sick. So here's the deer head. Hey, hey, hey. Hunting with Tunes makes its debut for the Roto Street channel. Nice. <laughs> I dipped it myself. Beautiful, beautiful stuff, go. Tunes. I um, love it. I got um, Cousins, who's already been through his buy, matched up with um, Jefferson. Yep. Um, but Fields is available. Oh, do I, do I pick him up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you have to drop cousins to pick him up. No. Cause I do like, as you said, stacking them and you'll have the week 14 by with fields, but rest of season wise, I, like I said, maybe four quarterbacks right now ahead of fields. You saw that upside. I mean, 178 rushing yards from a quarterback is pure insanity and cheat code. So yeah. I was getting pissed at myself for having him in uh, dynasty. And now I'm really, really happy. <laughs> you should be. I mean, this is looking like a, a steal for the future yeah. for sure. So oh, yeah. good stuff tunes. Absolutely go out and do whatever it takes to go get fields. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Cheers. Hunt. Like, next time we need just full, full out in the field hunting is what we really want. We want the live action for tunes. I'm going Friday and Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's fruitful for you, brother. Cheers. Right, Thanks for calling in. <laughs> All righty, folks. Uh, where we left off on Gato VCA. Sorry, Zaim. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'll, I'm looking out for your question. So please do get it on in. Would you consider dropping Gabe Davis for Hardman? I wouldn't, Daniel. I don't know what it is at this point. I will say I've taken Gabe off the you start him, stop asking about it list. You have to at this point, right? Um, but man, like. 
you drop him and he's going to have 30 against you. So if nothing else, you're keeping that blow up from happening against you. I, I still believe in the guy. I still think there's plenty more huge games in store here. I know the full PPR does make Harden a little more intriguing, but there's got to be someone else you can drop, right? Like, not that, not daddy. I know he's been disappointing, but he's, he's still seeing 20% of the targets the last couple of weeks. Just hasn't hasn't made the plays that like that drop. Oh, it's coming. Explosions are still going to come. Now, if Josh Allen shut down for like six weeks, a year, then yes, yes. We'd still have no idea what that like ulna, the elbow. If that happens, then yes. Gabe Davis, I, it would not be worth rostering at that point. Trade Kamara, Gino, Gus for Mahomes and Aaron Jones. Yeah. 110%. <laughs> yes. I mean, just for Mahomes would have probably been enough, but the fact that Aaron Jones is included, like, I know the injury's there, so I, obviously, Boba Fett, you need to, like, know. He might be playing as early as this week, though. So he might not even miss any time. I think Gus, I mean, he's out there in 50% of leagues. He's kind of a wavered bench toss. And Gino's been obviously outstanding, but Mahomes is unbelievable. I mean, this is any chance you could somehow get Mahomes, I'm in, plus Kamara with the risk of, like, the video's out. Could he get suspended? In fact, now I'm thinking like Mark Ingram might not be a bad honorable mention on this show as like a, a stash and see if something happens with Kamara. He's top 24 running back in all his starts last year, Mark Ingram was. Maybe not a bad pickup. I would 110% go for the Mahomes and Aaron Jones side of this, though. Michael Fawcett. Nobody wants to trade me a running back. I have Mostert or Connor for running back too. Am I in trouble? Michael, I'd hate, I'd, I want to be the bringer of good news, and I don't really have much for you. I think Mostert in particular is going down, 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 down. Now, Connor did play 72% of the snaps this week, so I have some hope for him to rebound. He was such a touchdown machine. I, has he even scored a touchdown yet this year? I don't think he has, which we knew regression would hit, but this hard, I feel like he's got to swing back the other way a little bit and we start seeing him get the end zone. So I, I'm not worried that – I think Connor could develop for you. I think Mostert's just a, a going downhill fast right now. So I'd be a little worried if you can pull off a trade, definitely go for it. You can do like Connor and receiver and get yourself a nice safe running back too. Yeah. But I think Connor could become that guy for you. I do. Any worry on Kamara? I just talked about that. Yeah. A little worried. I am. I mean, the video coming out now it's tougher to ignore and push off. Um, and they just signed Derek Gore. I did not see that, but preemptive move. Maybe I'd be worried. <laughs> Boba Fett, I've, I've gotten this before. I get I get uh, Sean McVay sometimes, and then the truth often gets Gronk. I'll take McVay. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude. He's got a pretty damn good life. I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you, Boba Fett. You get your questions answered all day if you keep telling me that. Would you drop Khalil Herbert, Hunt, or Pitts for Odell or Cole Komet? Who's your tight end if you drop Pitts is the question. Because if – you have an option and you're just kind of hanging on to Pitts. I drop Pitts for Odell at this point. I think Hutton Khalil have too much handcuff upside to do that for. But Odell, again, may, might be nothing. Surely a risk of being just a, a hole that you, you dig yourself into. But it's a roster spot at that point. Is, is Pitts, if you're not starting Pitts, then then yeah, drop him. Where's Kyron? I, I don't really care about Kyron anymore, honestly. Now that Akers is back, I, I'm – it's just a gross backfield. And maybe it's like, oh, well, it's so gross that Kyron could walk in and take it over. And that's the one narrative that could pan out for him. Will he stay on the field? <laughs> He's played three snaps in the preseason hurt, played one snap in the regular season hurt. Yes, they had grand plans for him, but you've seen how bad this line is and how bad the run game is and how bad the team is. <laughs> to me, I, it's just, I have no more interest. I've been stashing him for a while. I cut him. I cut him last week once I saw Akers was back and, yeah, no thanks to me. No, no more. Pickens and wide receiver two. I think so, Bubba Fett. With a schedule, like they've had a pretty rough schedule. This guy was already leading the team in receiving yards despite being like fourth in targets. Now Claypool's gone. Every snap player. I love Pickens. Wide receiver two, like top 24. Could definitely. He's got the talent to for sure. I would say at worst, though, a quality starter. Flex, wide receiver three, whatever that might be, but Sure does have the narrative that he could become that wide receiver too for you. Absolutely. Broncos be, yeah, they would be Y2J. Um, they were right around the 50% threshold, so I didn't put him in. But yeah, I mean, they're allowing, I think, the second fewest points right now in the league. And Tennessee's not some juggernaut, especially if Malik Willis is behind center. I'll 
Broncos would be a top three play if it's Malik Willis there. So, yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. Robert Moreno. Oh, man, we got a loaded mailbag. I'm going to start mowing through this quickly. Uh, 8-12, Wolfpack. Come on, thumbs up. How many questions you guys are getting? I love it. That's great. I would say it's uh, 8-12 now. I'm going to sign off by 8-20. So I'm going to try to hit as many more questions as I can for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, I'll go a little bit quicker here with them just to make sure I didn't realize we had that many questions. Love it. You guys are the best. Again, that thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated as we mow through these questions. Starting to see, I see all the regulars and I love to see it. Awesome. A few new names in there too. Would love to have you be a repeat. Come on back. Bucks or Jets? D- I don't do rest of the season, Robert. I do streaming every single time. Uh, Eli Mitchell, Kyron for the IR. Gracias, Lobo. Eli Mitchell, I guess, is like the handcuff. He's not going to do a damn thing if the CMC's on the field. I guess, I guess though, I, I really, like I said, I keep saying I'm not into Kyron anymore. So I guess it's Eli Mitchell and the off chance something happens. But I don't love either. I think it could be better used. My man, Jeff Lee, starting off with his hype as we always love. Hit the like button. Wolf, Truth, and CJ are the best of the best. Week 10 is going to be that's my man. And I haven't forgot it. Thank you again so much for that generous super chat, Jeff. You're the absolute legend for supporting the show the way you do. Ozzy, I'm sorry. You got that super chat in about 10 minutes ago, and I'm just seeing the uh, the highlighted button. It didn't pop up. I always sound like a scumbag when I say this, but when they're under five bucks, they don't like the, the program. I can't reset it. I've been looking for like, how do I set any super chats to pop up? They don't let you. It's just automatically built in the stream yard that unless it's under five, if it's under five bucks, it doesn't pop up. Um, and my man, David Campanelli is usually on the streets. I don't know where he is tonight. David Get on back here. I know I made the A.J. Dillon call. It was bad. I agree. But get on back here. We need you, uh, David. Drop Deion Jackson for Jalen Warren and Njoku stash. Oh, Njoku. I mean, that's a top six tight end right there. With even more upside potentially with Watson if the offense is that much better with him. So, yeah. I'd drop Deion Jackson for honestly either of these two guys to Ozzie. If you have a good tight end, like if you have you know Travis Kelsey, you don't need Njoku, I guess you don't need it. But Njoku's expected to be back as early as this week. He is a stud so far this year. I'm, I go right to Njoku. He's one of the rare tight ends that can dominate. So I go to him, but I, all, I honestly would rather have Jalen Warren as well than Deion Jackson. So, yeah, absolutely, Ozzy. Um, I would do that. Thanks for the support. I greatly appreciate it, my man. And we left off with Dustin Beerby. I'd go to Njoku over Dolce's, but they're close. They're like my tight end five and six, I believe. Rest of the season. Check out the rest of the season big board at roasterjournal.com. Michael Fawcett, pick up Mariota or Dalton to cover for Burrow. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he gets Carolina. And as as Brandon does point out here, he was the quarterback two there in that matchup. But I kind of like Dalton. Pittsburgh defense. Although I was just talking about TJ Watt coming back, safety coming back. I think Dalton could get swallowed there. So, yeah, I go, I go Mariota. I do. And a lot of the uh, chats agree in there with you so yeah let's ride it with the chat let's go Mariota, baby got wilson that's what i like to see millie see my number one pickup got a week ahead that's my number one pickup last week too glad you listened last week and don't have to race for him now this week pick up commit and chase points or pick up dolce dolce's for sure matt b love love greggy d um and i'd go terrace over wandale Offer DPJ, Michael Carter, and Pitts for Ertz and Jacobs. <laughs> if he takes it, you're stole. <laughs> I'd rather have Ertz than Pitts. I'd rather have Jacobs than Carter. DPJ is nice, but a ta- I mean, that's trash for two really good players. If he takes that, he's a fucking moron, dude. <laughs> You'd be destroying him. Burrow and by, do I grab Brady or Red Rifle? Definitely Brady over the Red Rifle. <laughs> Definitely. I know, I know Brady's been rough this year, but come on. Ertz or Schultz? Ertz, always. He's got. He's just so steady. Dak or Watson, rest of the season after week 12? Uh, let's see how Dak looks these next two weeks, but this isn't Dak of a couple years ago. This isn't the Cowboys offense of a couple, two years ago. A couple, two years ago. What am I saying? The defense is so damn good right now. The run game is really solid. They're playing a different style of ball, and it's really capping Dak's ceiling right now. So I'm, I'm leaning Watson after week 12. I, who knows, though? So much is up in the air. How does Dak look these next couple weeks? Is Watson even going to be good? We, we, it's been a whole year and a half since we've seen him. So who knows? I know you called in for this one, Tunes. Uh, I would drop your kicker. Absolutely. Get me through the night shift. My man from across the pond. It was great to meet you this weekend, Frazier. Uh, meet you virtually, at least. Um, 
Let's get through this night shift, baby. Gabe Davis or Keenan Allen, if he's playing, probably probably Daddy, assuming Josh Allen's playing. Then then all bets are off. I, I think we worry about making a Keenan Allen set start when we, we see him cleared. I, I don't know that we will the rest of the year, to be honest. Dylan or Pickens in standard scoring? I'm, unless Aaron Jones is out, I'm going Pickens. I'm done with Dylan. You can't get it done against Detroit. I don't want nothing to do with you. Get out of here, Dylan. Not going to drop him yet, but if something comes up, is Edwards cut worthy? I want to hold. Drake has looked really good. Dobbins is going to be off for a little while. I'm holding Edwards where I have him unless it's like really juicy. I, I can't wait. But like Jeff Wilson, I'd rather have than Gus Edwards, for example. But I'm holding I'm holding Gus in most cases, Ben. Madison, I'd drop him for, though. Wilson dropped on Sunday. My league doesn't let you pick up a player when they're dropped on Sunday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, go get Wilson, my man. Denny, love it. I hate to run into tunes in the woods at night. I, I'd be terrified too. I'll tell you that. I love tunes, but running into the night, I'd be terrified myself. <laughs> That's like a, a horror movie right there. It's the night with tunes. <laughs> the woods. Pick three PPR. Gabe Davis, Sutton, Rondale, Palmer, Foreman, M. Carter, two receiver, one flex. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Palmer, assuming the other two are out still. You can't bench him at this point, right? If, if the other two are out, I go Gabe at the other receiver. And I think I go Foreman. He put 31 points up against Atlanta last week. The game flow should be all right for him. So I think I stick with that one. Someone's willing to trade me Stevenson for Kirk and Connor. Oh, yeah, absolutely do it. Yep, great deal. Even with Harris also coming back. Like, this is the Stevenson show here. Fry's a great tight end. I, I like it. I do. Wolfie, five and four, third place. Let's go, baby. Climbing those ranks. Love to hear it, fatty. Which slop RB2? <laughs> CEH, P-Rob, or can I? <sighs> this is slop. I'll tell you that much. I guess I, guess I go B-Rob because the carries will be there. The touchdown, like he'll get used in the red zone every now and again. CEH, I mean, playing, what, 17% of snaps last week? That's terrifying. Now the touchdowns have dried up. What do we even have there? I prefer Jeff Wilson over Drake just slightly. Just because when Edwards is back, it's going to be back to a gross committee, I think. I mean, Drake has a damn good, better run game there, I guess. Uh, Wilson's uh, two two good backs and good offenses, good run games. I feel like Jeff Wilson's path to playing time is probably clearer, and he has a, a higher upside of like being the guy if something happens to most. So I think I lean Wilson, but it's close. Trade Davis and Palmer for Stevenson. Yes. That's Gabe Davis? Yes. Yes, I would. Lincoln with a dynasty question. Lincoln was here. So offering DK in 2023rd mid-second for Lamb. I, I'd rather have the DK in 2023 mid. I mean, DK and Lamb, I don't think are far off from each other. So give me the extra draft capital too. Um, especially if you're going to like, why are we convinced Lamb's a better dynasty prospect than DK? DK has gotten a better track record. He's only, what, a year older? Gino looks like the real deal. It doesn't, you know, if it's not Gino, that means it's probably even a better quarterback for him. I I don't want to get rid of DK. I'm I'm holding him there. Yeah. And last two here. Uh Danny Jennings with a thumbs up. Appreciate it. Uh and Dustin Burby. I have Josh Allen picked up Watson last week, offered Higgins for Watson. Yeah. Unless this is like a a keeper situation. And even then, yes. Absolutely take Higgins for Watson. I would foam at the mouth for that. Wolfpack, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for so many great questions. Thank you for such an awesome interaction. If you don't mind hitting that thumbs up button on your way out, catching the replay, even better. Awesome. Great to have you here. It's also always available in podcast form. If you have to miss a live stream, you want to listen to it on your way to work the next day. We'll be there for you at the Fantasy Fullback Dive and all our contents at RoadStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Do our guys at, at uh, Battle of Solid check them out? We do get a little referral kickback, which is always nice, but that's really not why I'm promoting it. It's a new app. It's really exciting and fun. It's growing by the week. It, it's a chance to get on the ground floor or something. There's definitely a little things that could be better, and we're working with them and trying to give them feedback, and that's why we want you guys. They're, they're really only like limiting who they expose it to, to select groups they trust will give good feedback and people they want to interact with. So – they talked to me and they, they said, we love you and your crowd and how you interact with them. So they, you're the type of people we want experimenting on this app. So check out Betel. The link is in the description here. 
Um, be a great way to help support a new app, up and coming, great guys, such nice guys. And they're just trying to improve the product, get more people in there, but giving you a free 25 bucks to play with. You can challenge me, baby. Let's go. I want to face all of you. So get on battle, challenge me. I'll accept it immediately. I'm ready to go. I want to face you folks. So check out battle and check out roasteryjournal.com. We breed and feed you fancy wolves. Thank you again so much. Thumbs up on the way out and cheers. Later, we back. used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.